Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Vinyl Pioneer Podcast. Uh, my name is Nicholas Palumba, junior MSP major, and I will be hosting it. Um, so pretty much this podcast, what I wanted to do is I wanted to make a music review podcast, but I didn't want to do the usual, um, you know, new releases. I mean, as much as I like, you know, hearing new music and checking new stuff out, I feel like it can get really, you know, quickly burnt out. So I've been kind of doing this now where I'm going to review strictly uh, records that are in my collection of vinyls. Um, so, I mean, I started off collecting about three years ago when I got my turntable, which is a Pioneer PL990, which is, you know, the, um, inspiration kind of for the name of the podcast. Um, I'm using a Yamaha HDR 5230 as the, uh, um, you know, uh, receiver, uh, which is going to JBL speakers. Um, also, sorry for excess noise due to COVID. All podcasts uh, through WHIP have to be recorded at home, so I'm doing this in my room. So you'll hear vents and stuff going off every so often. I try to make it as quiet as I, I possibly could. But what about myself? Um, you know, I've always been around music uh, since a young age. You know, uh, my parents, my grandparents really raised me around it. Uh, listened to a lot of oldies growing up, but it wasn't until like high school where I got into more genres exploring outside of like classic rock and rock from the 80s and 90s um I mean I still am you know heavily into that kind of stuff I listen to a lot you know different stuff all all around but um I mean that's the main thing from this podcast is that you know I'm going to be reviewing two albums per episode but these uh two albums aren't going to be at all similar hopefully in genre um so I mean I'm going to try to vary it so you know, one album may not be for you, but then there's, you know, the other one that you can look forward to hopefully hearing what it's about and give it a listen to. Um, so with that, let's just jump right on in. Um, two in records we're going to be reviewing today. First one will be uh, Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. Um, and then the second one will be Tame Impala's uh, Slow Rush. Um, you know, two very <laughs> different albums, but um, nonetheless, I think it's uh, excited, you know. Uh, so let's start off with the first one, Bad Out of Hell. Um, you know, it's Meatloaf's debut album, also known as Michael Lee A Day. Um, it's kind of his, you know, baby, uh, I guess you could say, and he's kind of tried to recreate it ever since. It came out in 1977. You know, great uh, decade for rock and roll in general. Kind of people are starting to experiment with the heavier side of it coming out of you know, the decade before, where it was 60s kind of like, you know, slower, more blues stuff, and then into, you know, you get more harder rock, but now people are really starting to experiment, which is cool. This album was kind of like, came out of nowhere, sort of, because uh, Meatloaf himself wasn't even a musician. He was in the theater. He was an actor. Um, and you're thinking, oh, like, what was he really a part of? I mean, he was part of a Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, I mean, you can hear a lot of similarities, um, honestly, from the music in that and this and just like the overall tone of the album in general. The album doesn't, it was kind of the first idea of like a rock opera, practically. Um, you get like, you know, this young tale. I mean, it doesn't go in order of anything, but it kind of, you know, follows this young guy going through life and, you know, figuring it out. The whole album is just like, you know, him talking about his experiences, I feel. You know, title track, Battle of Hell, it's kind of like, you know, busting out and kind of becoming your own person uh take the you took the words right out of my mouth there's a second track on there falling in love stuff like that all revved up no place to go is honestly just a great track about you know being young and you know you can't get into bars you can't go out with your friends really you got curfew people are always telling you what to do you got school so it's you know talking about how you know people who are young are constantly just trying to get out there 
and it's an amazing track on here. I mean, all these tracks are amazing, honestly. This is probably one of the top records from the decade. Um, I mean, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights is just an amazing, you know, tale that he has of meeting a girl and telling her she loves him and all that, and then her coming in with the, well, will you love me forever? Will you love me in the morning? And it's just like, well, let's sleep on it and kind of thing. But it's a, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful song of like having to grow up, you know, and, you know, falling in love, but you don't really know what you're doing. But it's, I mean, lyrically, it's amazing. But then just the composition of it in general. I mean, yes, we have Meatloaf to thank for that. But I mean, Jim Steinman, I mean, was the main contributor and composer of this whole thing. The producer being Todd Rudgren, um, who was also produced on uh, XTC's album Star, was it Star Larking? I think it was called. Yeah. And um, he's a local Philly guy, actually. But, I mean, you can just tell the composition of this whole album is just insane from front to back of, you know, full of love and power into it. I mean, another thing that makes this album amazing is just also, like, because I got the vinyl right here in front of me, is this album cover is just, for those who haven't seen it, it's um this guy, he's just, you know, long blonde hair, busting out of the ground of a cemetery, riding a motorcycle with the skull of a horse on it. It just screams, like, crazy rock and roll kind of things. It was illustrated by Richard Corbin. Um, it's just one of those, like, honestly, it can probably be, it's probably one of the top, like, album covers you will see. I mean, honestly, there's a lot you can say about this record, but most of it has been said already. The vinyl itself, it was, it, I think it's amazingly preserved, honestly, for something from 1977 that I found in a very small record store. Um, printed out by Cleveland International Records, and it's it's something that, like, it just comes around once in a decade, I feel, this kind of album where it comes out and so many people love it, and that it spins off multiple different things, many things I didn't even know until recently. Bad Out of Hell was a TV series also based off of it, and the musical, actually, uh, Jim Steinman tried to put onto uh, Broadway, but... Overall, I mean, this album, you can just tell the amount of time was put into it. It was a two-year process, which is kind of insane. It was the main thing that got Meatloaf out of the theater. I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show was one of the, was huge, um, and it still is. I mean, it's something that so many people watch because it can you can still kind of relate to it. But, um, I mean, this album is kind of like the um, child of it, honestly. You can say that is that it, you know, this was it, that movie was obviously very inspiring for a young meatloaf that he went on to produce his own album and come out with this. And it's sad that he does keep trying to chase it though with these with the follow ups because it's nowhere near the nowhere near the like artisticness of the original. Even when he brought Steinman back for three, I didn't think it was you know amazing. But I mean that's not I mean that's not what we're talking about today. Is we're talking about the original and how he's able to. You know, this band, the band that he plays with is just so powerful. Like, the guitars, it's just, the solos that they have are amazing. But then there's, like, slower tracks, which just, you know, bring it back down. Like, Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait is probably one of the more underrated tracks on here, I feel. Um, you know, it's just him talking about, you know, let's take it easy in general in life. And, you know, let's focus on our time here now on Earth. And it's just very kind of beautiful the way he does that. I mean, the piano on this in general is great. I mean, other than Heaven Can Wait, 2 out of 3 Ain't Bad has just very beautiful pl piano playing throughout that whole song. But, I mean, overall, it's hard to find things that you can't like about this. Um, I mean, it's just a great classic rock album that I feel like every vinyl collector should have in their collection. 
um, whether that's repress or original, I think, you know, no matter what, I think it sounds great either way. I mean, one of the things that people do say about this album is that it is kind of, they say it's a one-hit album, meaning, you know, this is Meatloaf's, one of few Meatloaf's great albums, and, you know, it's it's hard to, like, decide that or not, but, I mean, Stoney and Meatloaf was, I feel, I mean, this is way before he was, you know, on, when he was on Motown, what's that kind of thing, before he went off-Broadway. Um, but I think this, I mean, yeah, I mean, he learned a lot in those years between, I think it was nine years between the release of Stoney and Meatloaf and Bad Outta Hell. And, you know, you just see this huge progression of style and like, you know, moving away from this characteristic, like gritty blues kind of sound to this now wild storytelling point of view it's very theatrical i mean that's the main thing is that it has a story every song has a story whether or not they all float concisely is up for debate honestly i mean that's personal preference what you think they flow uh you know together but i mean i mean the main example is paradise by the dashboard light um i mean the narrative in it is amazing composition of it the way it builds i love the the part where um the baseball announcer is, oh, he hits a ball, and he's running the first, running the second, and it's just like, you know, obviously we understand the uh, meaning behind that, um, but it's one of those things that it tells the story so well that you get kind of lost in it um, in general, but I mean, the whole album as a whole, I think I can express this, I can't express this enough, is a classic, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, here's the thing about this podcast right now. I don't know if I want to do a number rating, because it's hard, especially with classic albums like this. Like, newer albums, like one I'm going to review later. I mean, you can kind of put a number on it, but like this, it's an instant classic, so it's kind of like, how do you review that? I mean, other than giving it nothing but praise at the same time. I mean, you look at the artist, yes. I mean, oh, if anyone has ever seen the video, oh, I forget what year it was. It was within the decade, I think, um, of Meatloaf singing the Australian National Anthem, or maybe just doing the halftime show, I forget what it was, um, but he did, like, oh, no, it definitely was a halftime show, he did the halftime show and was singing, it was, I mean, he lost it, he, he has lost kind of the, his voice of this, so it's, it's, it's iconic, but then, like, you know, it's kind of sad that it hasn't, you know, the writer and composer himself hasn't lived up to it, but still, I mean, age has begotten everyone, I feel, but, I don't know, it's tricky with this kind of thing. But other than that, I mean, it's just one of those things. I guess for this, I'll just highly recommend it for the collection um, for anyone looking for it, honestly. Um, next on the docket, um, we have the one, the only, Tame Impala's uh, The Slow Rush album. came out this year, uh, earlier this year. Um, it has been delayed for over a year before that. Um, it was, you know, which is kind of indicative of the name, The Slow Rush Um but it's just a gorgeous album in general. I mean, it's the fourth album released by Tame Impala, who until like the past year, I was pretty sure was a whole band, which it is. They, you know, they go on tour and they have, um, you know, people obviously playing. Jay Watson is the synthesized, uh, synthesized. Jay Watson is the synth player. Uh, Cam Avery is the bass player. But for the actual recordings, um, it's all Kevin Park, who is the lead singer and guitar player. Um, if you ever see them live, but he's the main guy who does all the recordings. It's, uh, kind of interesting. He's, uh, from Perth, Australia. Um, he's been doing this since 2007, which is kind of crazy to think about that the band, 
this idea has been along around so long of making this insane kind of psychedelic pop rock um at the same time i mean he re- i mean he really came into it really with currents the currents i feel was i mean maybe i'll review that at some point but this is just kind of a mini review of the whole album in general i've really focused on um more of a rock feel, rock, rock psychedelic feel. I mean, the bass lines were really fat and meaty. The guitar parts had a lot of um, reverb to it, and it sounded, it was it was a very good album, not gonna lie. And it's it was one of those things um, afterwards, it's like, well, how are you gonna, how are you gonna top that? And <laughs> pretty handedly, you can with uh, the slow rush here. Um, yeah, this album took a while to come out, uh, and he was always kind of teasing it along the way first uh, single he released of it was patience and then uh he went a little bit time later it might be time and then until and then finally the last single was posthumous forgiveness and then he finally did release it a few months later but it took a while and he was kind of just very coy about it i feel um but it has such a different feel from currents and it's it's such a departure but it's it's very much welcome with this album you know, and it's, the tracks on it really do tell a story of it, um, first one being One More Year, it has such a nice slow build up of, but then it has like this thumping, like EDM sound almost, where it builds and builds and builds, but then you have his very high, somber voice, um, playing in the background of it, and it's with amazing reverb, honestly, the would whoever, <laughs> I think he mixes his own stuff, but I don't know that for sure, but the effects on this album are just insane to hear. Um, and I, I've never seen them live, but it'd be insane with the delays and reverb and fuzz and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know they use a lot of the rolling equipment and stuff like that. But honestly, it's <laughs> it comes alive on this album. Um, back to One More Year. Yeah, that one, it kind of it builds up slowly to the whole album. Being one of the slower tracks on there, though, but it, it still delivers. Then, of course, a big uh, track on this being post-humorous forgiveness. I mean, it's hard to, like, hate on this track. I mean, whatsoever. It's just gorgeous, honestly. Um, So many, you know, people have praised it um, for being psychedelic, yet very rock-focused. I mean, and that that can be the, you can summarize that, uh, use that phrase for the whole thing in general. I mean, honestly... It's, it's very, like, very distant, again, like I said, from Currents, where it was more straightforward rock. You can see he's becoming more into his own on the synth, and then just the drums on this track. I mean, this album in general. I mean, One More Hour being the shining point of the drums of just, like, he's just so precise with it, and it just comes off with the rattling of the cymbals. I mean, he just lets it ring out, and it, usually it doesn't work for this kind of, like, synth kind of album but it just somehow I mean it amazes me that he was able to pull this off honestly by himself that's the main thing is that he's on his own and doing this but I mean more stuff to talk about borderline being sounding very disco-esque I guess is the kind of it I don't even know if I can call it that that's kind of weird to call it disco but it it sounds very faintly like that of the kind of, you know, the the drums, the bass in general. The bass is the only problem I do have with this album. We are coming off such a bass-heavy um, album of Currents, which was showcasing how amazing it was. It's kind of hard to go into a very 
synth kind of thing because I didn't like it when I first heard this album. I was kind of like, well, I didn't dislike it, but it was kind of like, eh, like it's not heavily, uh, you know, it feels very different. And which the difference is great. And but you know, I was really looking forward to again, heavy bass line, uh, being the main front of this kind of thing. But I, I gotta say, once you listen to it like a second time and go over it again, you're like, oh no, there's so many nuances to every single track. I mean, and they just kill the psychedelic vibe in general with this album. It's um, great to start to finish. I mean, you can listen to this thing all the way through and it practically feels like, I mean, other than you gotta flip it over, um, it feels like a continuous song. Kind of like um, King Gizzard and a Lizard Witter, Not a Gone, Infinity. Um, how that's practically the same song, but it, it, it flows so naturally and it doesn't have any like low points. I feel, I mean, lost in yesterday. I still, I mean, might be one of the weaker of the tracks, but honestly, I, I can't deny it. Also, um, this is probably one of the most gorgeous, uh, vinyls I own. Honestly, I can say that for a matter of fact, the, uh, cover, um, which is, you know, sand coming through a windows of a home and flooding the. Uh, home making it look like a desert almost it's just gorgeous in general but I mean then you open it up and it's you know the albums itself are these uh, light blue and red and they're just gorgeous the way they look and honestly oh, the one thing about color records is it's always kind of not annoying but you never know how they're gonna sound because the color filament's different than using the regular stuff that you would use sorry about that um the only thing I do have to say is probably lyrically is it is weaker than current. But when you're coming off an album like that, which was heavily like talking, I feel not from personal experience, but uh, it feels it does feel more personal. The less I know, the better, because I'm a man. I feel can be very, you know, you can relate to that kind of thing. Um, it was just a more lyrically just a more deeper album this one i feel you know it is talking about you know again slowing down just kind of like how we talked about in me loves bad at a hell slowing down and trying to take it easy and focus on you know the things that are important right now but i i still feel it's very lacking i know and he's come with parker has come out before saying uh i know i have to be in like not the best place to kind of like in this hyper you know paraphrasing kind of thing but he's you know he needs to be in the right move, which is kind of like down on himself, which, you know, a lot of artists are feeling that way. But I feel it doesn't come off like he's down on himself in this album, which I'm, you know, I'm happy about. It's good to have your artist, you know, in a good mood. Honestly, you'd rather it be like that. But um, it's just kind of it's different. It's very different lyrically uh, to previous albums in general that he's made. But honestly, you still can't go wrong with this album in general. It's track after track is just psychedelic rock at, at its core <laughs> honestly i mean most kind of people that listen to this um that listen to tame impala or at least that i've run into you know put it on when they go hiking or going through the woods or don't promote drug use on this show you know tripping um in some cases and it you know it has that effect it has these um it has very it has a lot of oscillating since so it you know goes up and pitch and down and pitch constantly which is insane on a lot of these tracks especially post humorous forgiveness i think that one honestly is why it became so big i mean 
the synth throughout this album is insane. I I, I love I would love to see it live. I doubt I will. I mean, with COVID, God only knows when we'll be able to go to a concert again. But the way it bends and everything is really crazy. And he found a lot of inspiration again from um. It's really weird where he finds the inspiration. Philly Soul and Acid House is like kind of where he's coming from. So you can you can hear like the thumping of the acid but then like you like again you do hear the soul on like one more year one more hour especially with that drums it's just i know i'm going over the same tracks but this album is very good it might be time also is great um but borderline i borderline when it first came out the old version of it was quite weak i thought and i was like ooh, this this that is when i thought maybe this album would be a little scarier but obviously he went back and reworked it and um finally we were able to get this kind of album out which is great um in general i mean again number wise it's so hard to place numbers on records i really don't like it um but in general i guess i would have to give it an 8 out of 10 it's very solid um 8 out of 10 if you are uh, not having it on vinyl. If you don't have it on, if you're like, you know, just looking, you know, it's on your, um, phone or whatever. It's, you know, it's an 8 out of 10. Cause it's a great, it's great to listen to when you're going for a walk through the woods or going for a hike. The vinyl itself, I would give a 9 out of 10. This is a beautifully crafted record. I mean, just, it's gorgeous in presentation all the way through, um, from the sleeves to the inside portrait of Parker himself walking through the desert of australia and the the cover art is just i mean you can't go wrong with this picking up this vinyl problem is though it because it is a double vinyl it is kind of expensive i think i got this for like 50 40 to 50 i think on release and that was on release i don't know what it can be up to now especially i mean you look at special editions that come out with the with vinyls nowadays it's kind of crazy but in general um Again, just a solid album, a great album, again, to add to your collection. Um, but that's about going to do it for today. So this has been the very first uh, Vinyl Pioneer podcast. I've been Nick Palumpa. Y'all been great, um, and have a great day.